and welcome back to the Ultimate Gilmore Girls Movie Night Podcast. My name is Philip. My name is Courtney. And we are back with another bonus episode. We're here to talk about the 2021 version of West Side Story. We saw it a couple weeks ago and we wanted to record a podcast about it. Yeah. So, Courtney, what were your first thoughts about it? How did you like the movie? I loved it. I thought it was really good. I would agree with that. I liked it better than the first one. Yeah. And we'll get into what we liked better some differences than the first movie or differences than the stage show yeah but the number one thing that really caught my ear that i liked a lot is the speaking spanish yes throughout i really liked that um, it made it more realistic and um, i liked that they didn't use subtitles mm-hmm. it was just like i i don't know i don't i know i did not understand every single word they mm-hmm. said but i feel like i got the gist enough to get yeah. it And actually, I have a quote that Spielberg had about choosing not to use subtitles. Mm -hmm. Um, Steven Spielberg said, The decision to not subtitle the Spanish dialogue was done out of respect for the inclusivity of our intentions to hire a totally Latinx cast to play the Sharks, Boys and Girls. If I subtitle the Spanish, I'd simply be doubling down on the English and giving English the power over Spanish. This was not going to happen in this film. I needed to respect the language enough not to subtitle it. Yeah. Which you could get from the movie. And really, kind of like what you said, I didn't understand everything with the Spanish. But I still understood what they were trying to get across. The words that were in Spanish were made it to where I could understand what they were saying. Right. And probably a lot of it, because some of it, they would have it in Spanish. And I knew the dialogue from the 1961 version. Mm. So some of it also might have been that. I didn't know it that well, but I knew the story enough and I knew teeny tiny bit of Spanish mm-hmm. enough to get the gist. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like I needed the subtitles. Yeah. And then another difference from this one is that it was completely um, Latinx cast. Yes. Whereas uh, I don't know the whole cast and the original, what ethnicity they were, but I know that George Chakiris, who played Bernardo, was Greek American. And Natalie Wood, I think, was Russian American. Yeah. But neither one of them was Latinx. Yeah, and they had loaded them up with makeup too in the first mm-hmm. one. Yes. So that was another. And obviously, I'm not a person of color, so I can't say whether I don't yeah. know if it was done 100 percent authentically. Authentically. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So I can't speak on that to it. To me, it looked like it was done well. I would need to ask somebody who might be POC to know. If it truly was done well. I can't really speak for that per se. Yeah, that's true. This is coming from a very white privileged viewpoint. <laughs> yeah. So but from our white privileged viewpoint, <laughs> we, we believe it was done well. So those were a couple of changes from the original movie. And I was also wanting to get into some of the songs and the changes in where the songs are placed in the movie. There's already debate over where at least one of the songs was from the stage version. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Geoffrey Krupke? Is it just that one that's different? In the stage one, or in the original movie, it's Geoffrey Krupke is before the rumble. Yeah. Within the stage, it's Riff after the rumble. It. Yes, because Riff sings it. And then Cool is after the rumble when it's before the rumble in the stage version. And in this one, they moved Cool back before the rumble mm-hmm. because that's Tony singing about Do Not Rumble and they're having the chase for the gun. Yeah. Which I loved. I that really was liked so that. Good. It's interesting because the original movie, the 1961 movie, the cool scene is one of those that they have so much angst after the rumble. Yeah. But just, it's very theatrical. 
I felt that the 2021 version of this movie was more authentic, was more grungy and grimy and yeah. 1950s New York, whereas the 61 version was, I don't want to say corny or cheesy necessarily, but more... Yeah, I give you that. More, more than that vein. Yeah. And the cool song in the original was very theatrical and just them randomly like popping and i never really got that per se see i I will say because i do like that one in the original version i liked cool after the rumble because they feel almost manic Mm -hmm. like they've just been through a trauma Mm -hmm. they just watched two people die and i feel like their behaviors are in a response to that but it may be an overreaction it may be and i don't think i mentioned this in our first and the reason we're talking about this now is because we've already discussed the original movie so we thought we might as well talk about the remake i don't know if i mentioned it in the first one but i've never liked cool in the original movie yeah if there was one song for me to skip, it would be that song. And I'm not a huge fan of it. But I liked it in this one. <clears throat> I did like it. I liked it a lot in this one. I liked, so uh, for, I guess we can say spoilers at the beginning of this, but for anyone who has not seen it, Riff buys a gun for the Rumble in the 2021 version. And they run into Tony after he buys the gun. Mm-hmm. And Tony's trying to get them to stop doing the Rumble. And then he goes into Cool, telling them to play it Cool, mm-hmm. not do the rumble stop using this gun i kept waiting for him to throw that gun into the ocean should have done that he should have and i kept waiting for it but i also know that there is a gun at the end and in the stage version that's actually riff song yeah riff is the one that sings it he's encouraging the jets to stay cool during the war council at doc's drugstore yeah so he's trying to tell them to stay cool but i really liked the way they did that. Yeah, I liked it being Tony. And G Officer Krupke is kept before the Rumble. So it, that stays in the vein of the original movie, having mm-hmm. G Officer Krupke before the Rumble. Except G. it's Officer not a. Krupke, Krupke after the Rumble is dumb. <laughs> it's like a lighthearted song, I, although I have a lot of opinions about how it's actually very dark. But the tone of the song is very lighthearted. Which is why I think it, it does work for weird. after the Rumble. Because oh, I, I like the lightheartedness. Which luckily, and we will get that later, this was able to keep some of the lightheartedness, whereas the original movie did not. Yeah. After the Rumble. But G. Officer Krupke in the stage version and in the original movie was done in an alley. And this one was done in a police precinct. And I liked that. So what did you like about that? I liked that just setting wise, like they had more space to have. I feel like the number one while the choreography was better because they had all that space. I also liked that Riff was not in it. I don't know why. I think just because I knew the stage version, Riff is not singing it because in the stage version, he's dead when they sing it. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of liked that they kept at least that little bit of it okay. from the stage version by making the other Jets stand out in that song. And you mentioned that Riff isn't in it. I thought this was interesting because in three or four of the numbers... There were four or five jets. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like in all of the numbers in the original movie, all of the jets are together. So they grouped them. And yeah. really, I'm only thinking of Cool and G Officer Krupke. Because mm-hmm. those are four or five jets. Where in the original, it's all of them. And so that's one thing that I thought was interesting. They grouped them and yeah. differently than they did yeah, they in did. the original movie. They did. Another change was America was done mm, the day after the dance as yes, opposed to that, the, later that, that evening, night, later yeah. that night. 
but the way they did it just around the city around the city I, oh i loved it mm -hmm. it, was it wasn't so just good. on a rooftop as yeah. in the original movie. and i love america in the original one i just i love mm -hmm. that number but that's also one that i skip you yeah. <laughs> if i skip i one. love that number but i loved seeing it that uh -huh. way and i i definitely enjoyed it going around the city yeah as opposed to just on one rooftop the movie was just so visually appealing because I'm thinking of even that number. It was so colorful and bright and it was just very visually appealing. Yeah. And then one of the similarities of the stage show that the first movie did not do is I Feel Pretty, which I love having after the rumble. Yes. And that's the lightheartedness because I love the dichotomy of this horrible thing just took place. Yeah. And she has and, no idea. And they have no idea. And yeah. she's just singing joyfully and yeah it did break up the sadness but there was also like this sad portion of it because you were like oh her whole life's about to turn upside down and she has no idea yeah so those were some of the changes another one of the changes that i wasn't sure how i felt right after we watched it or while watching it but you really enjoyed was somewhere in the movie and in the stage version it's tony and maria singing to each other Yes. And in this one, it is Valentina, who is played by Rita Moreno, who plays this character, who is Doc's widow. Yes. And which, which was completely created for this movie. Yes. And I think that's why I liked her singing it, because I feel like there was this whole added layer of Valentina and Doc being what Tony and Maria wanted to be. It mm -hmm. was like they had a success story in front of them of a white man and a Puerto Rican that were successful and so it felt like her singing it there was like a sense of hope there mm -hmm. even though we know it's not going to end well but as you're watching it you feel a sense of hope as i thought about it i liked it more because with her singing it it's her singing about also the life that she and doc had yeah and somewhere they'll be together again yeah and so forth but while they're doing it they're also showing a montage of tony and maria and then i believe they show and it's after bernard yes, is dead. After so it's bernard anita is. just being in pain because bernard so it, it encompasses more than just right tony than and maria and that i think is what i liked more about this movie than the other one is that i feel like the other one was very surface because you're watching it and you're like you two barely know each other like how can you feel this mm -hmm. deeply about each other he killed your brother <laughs> true but in this one, you still have that sense of, oh, you're just a bunch of stupid kids. But there are so many other layers to it mm -hmm. with Valentina, with Anita. I feel like her character is more in depth than in the other movie. And so, yes, they're two dumb kids. They're supposed to be. You're not watching it and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so tired of these kids ripping everyone else's lives apart because they're being stupid. When in reality, you're watching the other people's lives as well. Yeah. So as I thought about it, I liked it more. And I liked that they gave Rita Moreno a song. I feel like this movie was like a redemption song for Rita Moreno, which we'll get into that too in that last scene. But I feel like the whole movie was like a redemption for her. Yeah. And I know one scene you're thinking about in particular is the scene of the near rape of Anita. Yes. You talked about that? Yes. And that was actually a very difficult scene for Rita Moreno to do again because it, yes. once again it brought back memories. Of course. Valentina is the one that saves Anita from being assaulted in the candy store. Mm -hmm. As opposed to Doc in the other one. She's the one that stopped it and 
called them names and told them to get out and so forth. Not only did she call them names, she put a name to what they were doing. Mm -hmm. She said, you are rapists. They didn't say that in the other one. Yes. They alluded to it. But in this one, she put a name to it. And I feel like, and I don't know, Rita Moreno, I don't know. But I feel like being able to put a name to it may have even helped her personally. Possibly. Possibly. And also what I liked about that scene is that the two American girls, even though they hated Oh, yeah, they, Anita, they wanted, they like, don't do, yeah. Yeah, they hated Anita. As soon as she walked in, they were like, get out. We hate her. She killed The second she came Riff. in and they turned to wanting to assault her. As soon as they, they saw it. what the guys were doing, they were like, no, let yeah. her go. Stop it. And so I, I think that, and I don't know, but I think that Steven Spielberg was using that as an opportunity to say, there's good in the world. Women can stand up for each other mm-hmm. and themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And women can say, you're trying to rape her and that's not okay. And once again, this was a difficult scene for her. She was nervous about it and she had difficulty not flipping her lines because it was just a difficult scene. It's emotional. In and of itself. But yeah, I completely forgot about those other women trying to stand up for her. I loved that part. And, yeah. Because they were still like they they were multi-dimensional characters. They were really angry at Anita. Mm-hmm. For probably the same reasons the boys were, just because she was Puerto Rican, but also because her boyfriend had killed the guy one of them was dating. And they had those feelings, and you could see them still having those feelings, even when they were stopping the boys from doing what they were doing. Because you could see the girls saying, yeah, we hate her, get her out of here, but also, she's a human, don't rape her. I feel like women got a better representation in this movie, just in general. I feel like Maria looked a little less childish immature stupid for lack of a better word i feel like she had more dimensions i feel like anita had more dimensions i feel like even just the american girls who had two scenes had more to them i don't know if that was intentional or not but i feel like women sure got, a better, got a better uh representation in this mm-hmm. one i feel like steven spielberg probably did on purpose but also it's between 1961 and 2021 so women still aren't represented the way they should be and as much representation but still it's better than 1961 right (laughs) so i feel like you're gonna get that i felt like they did it in a way where it was still believable in the 1950s i choose to believe that even though rape was more accepted i guess in the 1950s, I won't say rape, I'll say sexual assault because it was just boys being boys or whatever. I'm still choosing to believe that women still stood up for each other. Mm-hmm. We don't know that because that's not what we see in like media or whatever, but I'm choosing to believe that women still stood up for each other back then. Another difference in this one than in the original one was anybody's. In the original one, anybody's was portrayed as a tomboy. And in this particular show, anybody's was portrayed as transgender. Yes, I liked that. I liked that there was a trans character. I liked that there was more diversity. I liked that it was more realistic. I did not like it because I felt like it was not truthful to the time period. And that's where you and I disagree. I know. Because we've talked about yeah, this. We talked about this. The term trans and transgender wasn't, but I feel like people feeling like they're not their sex or the sex they oh, were born yeah, with for sure and being existed. transgender was a thing in the 50s if um anybody said come out and said i'm transgender okay yes that term wasn't around but i feel like the way anybody's was portrayed obviously i wasn't alive then could have been around i don't feel it would have been even I, though they didn't really accept anybody's i guess but it's not wouldn't have been 
accepted, but I feel like that would have been around. And I, again, I'm not upset about that, about anybody's being trans at all. I think any representation of trans people in any entertainment is positive. However, that's not true. <laughs> anyway, to have anybody's basically, and I don't know that they showed him expecting them to accept him, but it felt like it. It felt like anybody's was saying, I'm trans. I'm a guy. Mm-hmm. Stop calling me a girl. Stop saying I'm not a guy. I feel like in that time period, that wouldn't have been a thing. The, the fact that to have anybody just accept that the sex you were born with is not the gender that you want to be recognized as, I feel like wasn't a thing, at least in mainstream 1950s. I'm sure there were subsects of people in the 1950s that did accept and love and support the trans community. I don't feel like the people portrayed in this movie would have been the people that would do that. I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts about it because I really do like that they did that. But I also really feel like it was inauthentic to the time period. I I struggle with it. Yeah, I felt that it was authentic. But I obviously, I also wasn't around in the 50s, so I do not know. And I feel like even if I was in the 50s, around in the 50s, I still, if the people you hang out with aren't like that, aren't... not i don't even want to say accepting because they weren't accepting of it no. <laughs> necessarily like the other jets weren't but i it's it's hard to say it's, I don't yeah know. and i struggle with the idea that tony was so accepting of anybody's mm-hmm. in that time yeah. i know that in the original tony was i find it more believable that tony would be accepting of a tomboy mm-hmm. versus a trans man not that i'm like not giving him enough credit it's just i don't know he's just a normal guy i want to talk about tony real quick yes in the original you did not buy richard beamer as the head of the jets at any point in his life no because in the his first scene he was like a dreamer staring up at the sky wanting to find somebody to love did you buy ensel elgort yes what made you buy that because they gave us the background he had been to prison. He had almost killed somebody with his bare hands. I will believe mm-hmm. that a person that did those things used to be the leader of this gang. I don't know if it was like Ansel Elgort, what he looked like or whatever. I don't know if I could buy that. Although he's giant. Yeah. So I could believe that size wise. But the fact that they gave us that backstory made it much more believable. Another part that made me buy because in the original Richard Beamer as Tony, the only violence he does is stabbing bernardo Bernardo. which is pretty violent but in this one he almost beat somebody to death bernardo Bernardo, was did he almost beat bernardo to death i could i was trying to picture it yeah and i feel like just that extra bit of it yeah you could see that showed you i could see him snapping and beating someone to someone to death like he almost did bernardo and going to prison for that yes absolutely so i feel like just that And even if they hadn't added that, I would have found it more believable for him to go and then kill Bernardo after Riff dies. Mm -hmm. They also built up the Riff and Tony relationship a little bit better. They talked more about them growing up. They said, I think, womb to the tomb at some point. Mm -hmm. Talked more about that. Don't they say that in the original? Do they? Yeah. They they also had sperm to worm. I think that part wasn't in the original. Yeah, that part's not in the original. It's in the stage show. 
but not in the original. They cut that out and they put it back in for this one. Because I remember hearing that. I mean, hey, that was not in the original movie. I did not hear this stuff really. Anyway, I feel like they built that up more. So it was more believable to me that A, Tony would be feeling this intense emotion about his best friend dying, Mm -hmm. essentially in his arms. And also that Tony had this past of violence where he couldn't stop himself. Because he he repeatedly told that story saying, I couldn't stop myself. I would have killed him. So I would have believed it even if he hadn't been punching Bernardo prior to it. Mm-hmm. But that made it so much more believable. Oh, he's already hopped up on the endorphins and the testosterone and everything because he had just almost killed this guy. And now he just watched this guy mm-hmm. that he almost killed his best friend. And oh my gosh, what is Riff's name? Mike Faced. Mike Faced. I was wanting to talk about <sighs> so good the people that really starred in the movie for me. Yeah. I was going to say Mike Faced was one of them who was the original Connor Murphy and Dear Evan Hansen mm-hmm. on Broadway. He's so good. Mike Faced and Rachel Zegler, who mm-hmm. plays Maria, was amazing. She Apparently she had played Maria just in community theater or in theater before. So um, she's played that role before. She was good. But those two. And then and I'm picking people I really don't know that well because I've seen the others. <laughs> so yeah. I know what they can do. And David Alvarez as Bernardo. Oh, I he was good loved. Too. And there is another layer that they added. I feel like all the little pieces of dialogue that they added that weren't in the original actually helped. They Mm -hmm. didn't feel like they were just there. The fact that Bernardo was a boxer was so important to his character. I think it showed that he wasn't just a macho guy for the sake of being a macho guy because he has a little sister. It was ingrained in him to protect people. He was taught to fight. He trains to fight. He fights for money. That's how he makes his money. So I found that to be a very interesting. He got more background on all the characters. Yes. And also with Bernardo, they talked about how he went to America first, which you get the idea of, at least in my opinion, from when they sing America in the first one, because the women all have these positive thoughts about america and the men have negative ones and Mm -hmm. i always kind of thought they've probably been there longer but they said it in this one that maria was home in puerto rico taking care of their father and he was in america Mm -hmm. she and anita came to america to be with him and i thought that was really interesting too that he was like providing for his family to make it so they could come and also this one didn't have the parents a part of it their parents weren't really part of the original except you hear the dad say maria and she's no and they even said Maria pays rent here, mm-hmm. just like you and I do. Yeah. Which worked, because you were wondering, why aren't the parents a part of any of this right. in the 61 version? Yeah, and then Ariana DeBose did wonderful, but I've seen her in numerous things now. Yeah. She's become a big name in musical theater yeah, and movie musicals. But she's so good. Mm-hmm. And then Ensel Elgort did a good job. The thing was, his voice wasn't as good as Rachel Zegler's. No. So you could tell whenever they were singing together, you could be, tell her voice was stronger than his was better so it didn't work as well but i thought his voice was good it was better than russell crowe and lame is so there's that russell (laughs) crowe and i actually like russell crowe and lame is i'm not one of those that despises it because of his voice but still his voice was better than that i think ansel elgort did such a good job of conveying emotions Mm -hmm. the scene where valentina tells him that Maria is dead. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. That was really good acting. And then we got out of the movie and Philip said, didn't he have some kind of 
charges against him. Oh, no, or something. the sexual assault. Um... Yeah. And then I Googled. And now I have a lot of feelings about Ansel Elgort. <laughs> well, Listen, everything is alleged. Yeah. I am a person who tends to believe women. I am a person who tends to believe where there's smoke, there's fire. I don't remember following that last year I don't one, and wondering if they were going to get somebody else to be Tony. I don't remember any of that. I think it was early 2020. Which is funny because usually I'm the one that knows what's going on in like pop culture. I was so looking forward to you West Side so, Story. Yeah, that, so that, that, it was because of West Side that. Story that I got that news. But yeah. On the very, very small chance that all of those women, all of those young women are exaggerating or lying, then may Ansel Elgort have a fantastic future <laughs> in his career. I was very disappointed. It honestly ruined it for me because I'm watching the whole thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's so good. I'm so buying this. He's so in love with her. And then this I ruined is so it. great. And then I get out and he's like, hey. I'm sorry. Listen, men of the world, stop. Stop. It is so easy to not do bad things. I was wanting to end with this part, but <sighs> you, you went there a little bit earlier than I wanted it. to. It ruined it. And I, I, I mean, I'm. And here on the Ultimate Gilmore Girls Movie Night podcast, we are not going to shy away from the bad news, the the bad things that actors or directors do. No, because he doesn't deserve that. <laughs> yeah. They don't. The women don't deserve that. Yeah. It deserves. And I and, and whenever about. I heard about it, it was only one woman, so I, I didn't know oh. that it was multiple ones until you there, mentioned that. To what me. I found, I found an article. I wish I could remember what it was on, but it was like the timeline of allegations mm -hmm. against him. And there's multiple young women. Now, the allegations, I believe, were all legal allegations in terms of ages. Yeah, I know the first one was when he was 20 and she was 17. But so I don't in know most states, that's not illegal. I was agreeing with you. Oh, okay. I was saying, yes, that's what I know from the first one. Sorry. Listen, I'm not naive enough to think that there aren't women out there who see a celebrity and want to get attention from that celebrity in any way they can i'm sure that's happened i doubt that's happened multiple times for this one actor who is not really super well known it's not like he's it's pretty big when he's in the vault in our stars i mean he was but it's he's like brad pitt or he's not i feel like that genius. but that's when the allegations happen or when he, when he was in that movie and to be fair i'm old and maybe among the younger generation he was that popular then however but then again you don't really see a ton of allegations like that against other big name actors. Like Weird Al. Oh my gosh. I can't. <laughs> I just can't. Like yeah. Brad Pitt. I was say like Tom Cruise is a whole other slew of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> just, just watch Leah Remini's show and <laughs> learn about Scientology. And then you'll have a lot of feelings about Tom Cruise. But there are actors who have multiple allegations. And there are actors who don't. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Mm -hmm. Whether it's exactly what has been said about him. Yeah, I would imagine some of it's true, yeah. and that's enough for me to okay. just be like, "Nah, I'm out. I'm out on the Ansel Elgort train." I was fully on board at first, though. Like he's so good. Yeah, I wasn't actually done talking about West Side Story. You um, took it <sighs> no. in a direction that I was not prepared for at that of, moment. I just had a lot of feelings about it. Okay. Yeah, I didn't realize. I thought that would be saved for later, but no, you didn't want to wait. <sighs> women have things to say. We don't have time. I'm not trying to shut you up. Lord I knows mean, a little I, bit right now. Lord knows I can't do that, but. <laughs> <laughs> hold up hold up hold up if you're listening to the show and you know us personally which is probably everybody listening which one of us is the one that talks more and can't be shut up just wondering what is the public persona of me versus you the public persona isn't everything though 
Okay, but the public persona of me is that I'm quiet and shy. Yeah, the public true. persona of you is that you are an actor who tap dances in the middle of the room. I don't want to try. Who's the one who can't be shut um, up? But anyways, I wouldn't try. One thing that I did like was in the song Tonight, there's a barrier between them. As in Maria and Tony. There's a barrier of her being Puerto Rican and he's white. The barrier of sharks and, and jets, basically that whole yeah. communities. And then the first half of the song, there's always a barrier between them. Yeah, in the first half of the song, they're not even on the same well, level. Well, but even when they are, there's the ladder that's there's in between still them something there. Until they start singing together and he gets over that barrier. Yeah. I don't know if that was meant to be that type I'm of sure it was. symbolism, but I really enjoyed that. There's a barrier between them. Until the very end, they beat the barrier by singing together. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that song. And then it was weird because sometimes it's hard for me to get past the original. I really love the something's coming outside in the sun, hmm. like in the original movie. I, I wanted that aspect. It, it took me a couple minutes because that's the first song you really see. See, in that or one song, of the first songs. I feel like made him less of that, like, dopey-eyed dreamer and I think that that's I, saw what, in the first I think one. that's what I liked about it. I didn't like I it wanted the, then I couldn't I, buy him as like yeah. a former gang member. Yeah. But I liked it. He was singing with, he wasn't singing with Valentina, but he was singing to yeah. Valentina. It felt a lot less dumb <laughs> to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's a better word, but <laughs> that's what I got right now. So I liked the whole outside bit. So it took me a while to get used to. I liked that. I liked them... Because in the original, did he just say that Doc gave him a job? Mm -hmm. I liked that. And maybe it was easier to do because Valentina was Puerto Rican or because Valentina is a woman. Maybe it was easier to show that relationship between the two of them. But mm -hmm. in this, for those who haven't seen it, he comes out of jail because he spends a year yeah. in jail after almost killing that kid. And she gives him a place to stay and a job. And he's like staying in the basement. And I felt like that added a lot. That also changed the way you look at Valentina as opposed to Doc. Because Valentina is taking care of this kid who's been in jail. That's different than... Do we know that Doc in the original knows anything about Tony's past? Does he know that he was this? Or did he just start working for them? But in Valentina's case, for a fact, she took him in after he was in jail. But doesn't Doc say at some point that he knows all those boys and he's watched them grow up? I feel like the, but do you know the extent oh, of who okay. he was? Yeah, that's true. That's true. As opposed to with Valentina, you look at her and think she took this kid who's been in jail for a year and took him in. Yeah, that's true. One other difference that we didn't mention is at the very end, after he dies and Maria, after Tony dies, and Maria singing to him in the original movie, and I believe in the stage version, she sings somewhere, but mm. in this one. She sings tonight. Yeah. Which was another difference, which was a, a minor one that I don't know who all notices. Yeah. But that was another difference. At least that was in the 61 film. I can't think of what happened, which one is sung in the stage version. I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen the stage yeah. version. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. Do you have anything else to add? I don't think so. Men need to stop doing things that get them in trouble. Just stop doing things. Like, just stop. It's not hard. It's not hard to not be a person who sexually assaults people. It's not hard. Just don't do it. Should be that easy. If someone says no, walk out. Okay, cool. I'm out. It's fine. Just don't do it. I'm really tired of seeing men's, like, celebrity men's faces on articles and going, oh, no, not him. But you know who you'll never see an article about that? 
Al. Weird Al. Oh, you know why? Because Weird Al is amazing. I keep getting really scared everyone... when I see articles with Tom Hanks' face on them. Well, there's already all those QAnon conspiracies okay about Tom Hanks. If QAnon hates him, I'm, it makes me like him more. I'm cool with him. <laughs> but Tom Hanks is fine. He's fine. There's several, <laughs> there won't be any stories there's about several him. out there that I'm like, oh, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Several actors or yeah. several stories? I mean, several that I would be really disappointed if I knew. Okay. So far, I don't think there's been any yet mm -hmm. that I've been like. Yeah, there's really all the craziness with Army Hammer. Oh, all those stories. Have you been following that? No, I don't know if we have enough time for that on this we, podcast. We probably don't, but the. I um, haven't in a while. The Bravo fan accounts are like super sluice when it comes to Army Hammer, and I've actually. Is he met. on Bravo? He's not. It's just the same world. I feel like he had a connection to a Bravo. So I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Bravo fans are private eyes, mm -hmm. but. I've read text messages and, and things like that that he sent. That kind of makes me never want to watch Social Network again. And I love that movie. I've only seen it once. But I'm like a little scared. It was okay. I love that movie. I loved it. But I'm a little... What else was he in? I feel like there's multiple things I've seen him in. Anyway, it did not hurt me to see that about Army Hammer. Because his name is Army Hammer, first of all. He's raised with lots and lots of money. But he's not related to any of the Army Hammer. I thought he was. I, don't think I he thought is. that's why that was his name. I'm pretty sure he has no relation to that. Hold up. Pause for a Google break. It's my age. He's younger than me. Yeah, he's 35. He was married for 10 years. He's got kids. I'm learning a lot of things. Michael Armand Hammer is his father. I'm sure they're related. He has no it's he has no relation. I've looked that up sometime because I was just curious. How is he related to that? Hold on. Hammer was so often asked about the Church and Dwight brand that he attempted to buy the company. While unsuccessful, Hammer's Occidental Petroleum acquired enough stock for him to join the Church and Dwight Board of Directors in 1986. Hammer remained one of the owners of Arm & Hammer until his death in 1990. That's his dad. Okay, so he still has no connect. Like, he, Hammer, he was so often asked that question, that was he connected to Arm & Hammer, that he attempted to buy Arm & Hammer? Army is not heir to Arm & Hammer, as the family only has stock in the toothpaste and baking soda company, and it is not named after them. Okay, I'll give you that. And that was after, and I think they bought stock only because they were always asked, is what I saw about that. Okay. All right, so I'll give you that. He is not the heir to the Arm & Hammer fortune. However, his grandfather was an oil tycoon. No, he still has lots of money. He has loads of money. Yeah. Really rich people. Or weird. Rich, spoiled. Everything's been given to him. When rich, spoiled people are kennels. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Okay, I think this I has been the Ultimate Gilmore Girls Movie Night Podcast. Um, I hope you enjoyed our... Wait, who would have liked this movie? Who would have liked this version? Uh, I don't know. I didn't think about that. I thought we were just going to talk about the movie. I never think about it, and, and I always have an answer. You don't always have an answer. I do. Okay, I don't know. Who? I don't know. I don't know. What do you, okay, what do you rate it <laughs> out of 10 cups of coffee? I'm going to um, give it a 10. I wasn't going to go that high, but... I'll give it a 9. It'd be a 10 if it weren't for it. It was a 10 until I Googled <laughs> him, and now it's not. So 9.5 overall. I promise we will get to Bright Eyes. Just keep on subscribing to this podcast, and you will get it hopefully soon. And we will be talking about the Shirley Temple movie Bright Eyes. So we will talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye.